for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what's going on, my friend? Uh, I'm pretty bushed, buddy. <laughs> uh, had a long day. Okay. Put in a long day's work. Uh, had to go to a birthday party afterwards. But yesterday, uh, spent a lengthy time outdoors in the in the pool with the kiddos and uh it, it gets compounded because when you're when you're in the pool with a bunch of kids and you have a drink in your hand it's like it's like double you know it wears on you two times i mean it wasn't crazy yeah. sunny here because that's like triples if you get crazy amounts of sun in addition to that but yeah, it was, it was yeah. pretty temperature you know it was pretty decent out but um you know, if you if you've ever gone to a pool party and you have small children, you and <laughs> you and your spouse have to do the thing where you, you you you're gonna go in, you you're gonna go in, you're gonna go in. Well, one yep. of us has to go in. All right. Well, yep. like we'll just bring our suits and we'll decide then. All right. So you know, we get there and short straw. I get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no drinking for you. Oh, I, I, I still got it in. I just, uh, you know, you get, you got to pick your spots, but, um, yeah. but in addition to that, uh, every kid there was like, I don't know, seven and under, but they're, they're older. My kids, older cousins who are, you know, in that range, about seven, uh, I was showing them how you do, you do the thing where one person goes underwater and then you stand on their shoulders. And then when they stand up, you springboard off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it was like the first time they ever did that. So they thought it was like the greatest thing on earth. And now I got a line of kids. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't get roped into doing the dad launch where like you start launching kids in the air. Well, that's what I... No, I was doing that. I was the person who was bending oh, down. Oh, I thought you showed them how to do it to themselves. No, no, okay, I, I showed... Them, I, I, I was yes, the okay. demo. He, and then after got, that, got, was, yeah, that was you it. You got roped in. Yeah. You got roped in the dad launch. Okay. That makes more sense now. So I was I was a very popular hit at this party, but it was yeah, you know yeah. quite exhausting. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But a good time had by all. At least you got a workout. Yes, for sure, for sure. That and then I, I like I said, and then I worked a long day today, so it did did not help. But <laughs> here we are, you know, <laughs> doing the thing, doing, doing the, the thing. thing, doing the thing. How have you been, my friend? I've been good, man. Uh, like you, spent uh, my weekend with the fam. Um, did some yard work and everything today. Uh, over the weekend, took my kids to the pool basically every single day. Got too sunburnt. Spent some time in the water. You know, pool prof uh, is looking pretty good poolside these days. Oh uh, yeah, so that's good. Um, it's all about the the summer swag risk game. But uh, no, it's been fun, man. Um, getting ready for another week of travel, so that'll be interesting to see where where I end up and uh, what's going on this week. But uh, Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so before we jump into things, uh, an interesting phenomenon, which was brought to our <laughs> attention by somebody you know, and strangely not by anybody I know. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know how widespread this <laughs> issue was, because like I said, nobody brought it to my attention on my end. But in listening to the episode, somebody had congratulated you on on monetizing our podcast <laughs> and i yes, said yes. and i and you sent that to me and i said what <laughs> yeah and you said yeah these people i know got an, an ad 
like mm-hmm. inserted into into the playback. Yeah. Now yeah. you have listened to every episode. Yes. I have listened back to every episode. Yes. Right. And not not privately on on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Correct. And I've never once heard anything like this. No. Which I find super sketchy. It was very weird. It was brought to my attention by a good buddy that's that listens to the show avidly. Um, so he listens every single week. And he's like, hey man, like congratulations, you know, thanks for monetizing the podcast. It looks like you guys are going somewhere. And I'm like, oh great. You know, and I thought he was joking. Oh, he's pulling your leg, yeah. Yeah, because we were we were talking <laughs> about McDonald's and all that <laughs> stuff in the last episode. So I was like, okay, maybe he's pulling my leg a little bit because you know, we've been we've been talking a lot about brands and that kind of stuff. And I was like, yes. He's like, you know, you know, appreciate the appreciate the jokes. He's like, what jokes? I'm like, about the monetization of the podcast. He's like, yeah, well, you guys are running ads now. I was like, what ads are you talking about? He's like, the ads at the beginning before your show actually starts. And so I frantically went back and played the episode, and I hear nothing. Yeah, I'm starting to text bro here, and he hears nothing. Not. And then my buddy sends me a clip of the playback, and sure enough. There's an ad for like a Dragon Ball Z fighter game or downloadable content something. And I'm like, did I miss something? Is somebody making money off of us? Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm scratching my head and I'm like, maybe it got inserted upon crossing a milestone or, I mean, I've definitely mentioned Dragon Ball Z somewhere in our ramblings on here. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I can't imagine that it does. I know, but it's just so random. It is so strange. That to and me. I, I would like to know where where the the ad read money, if if there is any, has gone. Yeah, yeah, because it didn't go to us. <laughs> no, <laughs> especially because we were joking last episode that we don't get paid for this. Right, which is correct. Completely true. We definitely do not get paid. for Which this. is hilarious. But sure enough, somebody's making money off the Rishi's radio well, podcast. I, I think it I just saw it happened not to be us. I think I managed to see that it only played so many times, but like. What the hell? <laughs> and I think yeah. I found a box to uncheck to like stop that, but just super weird. Yeah, there was definitely something midweek that I was like, "What?" Yeah, like something. I mean, it was, extra it was that... so weird. It was so weird. So you know, for those of you that listen to this podcast regularly, yeah, drop a line on the DMs or in the comments, and let us know if you got if you if you heard the ads. I'm just curious to see how many people really got it. Or if it was like a widespread thing. Because I, I reached out to a few people having found out about it and they all confirmed that they had they had heard it too. Interesting. So I'm just curious to see if it's if it's as widespread as I think it might have been. So let us know. Yeah. Super weird, but just something I wanted to uh to get off the uh the schneid here before we, we got rolling. Yeah. All right. Um yeah, so we got a, a pretty good list of new stuff this week. Um, before we get into that, a uh, quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Cheese Away, the non-irritating, quick-acting, rich-washed de-cheeser. A quick spray will keep your timepiece looking fresh all day long. Cheese Away, the cheese stands alone. There we go. Go buy it. Anyways, so... <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Getting into new stuff, uh, something that somebody actually just sent me, I had no idea, and it was, it's pertinent because I uh, I had put up a post about how um, I was wearing the the resin Seiko in the pool all day long yesterday with kicking kids mm-hmm. and everybody, and uh, 
Yeah, it did the job very nicely, despite not having a screwed on crown and only having Gee, who whatever, would have ever thought hundred meter. But you, you know, know, like what what would have ever what would have ever happened, man. But it handled getting kicked by kids and whatever else very nicely. And so somebody sent me a picture, and it looks like there are more models either on the horizon or available now. So before we had a couple that had sort of that that white case mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it was like blue and green now they have entire blue and green matte models like completely like the gray one that we have but it's blue or green and also a black and those mm -hmm. ones look really cool they also look like they added a couple of those white models uh one with a a brown motif i can't remember if that one's around not or not but um uh okay so that's what you meant by this post because like i didn't notice anything differently about these photos you sent me like that makes more sense now yeah i can't remember how many of these already existed but definitely all of these extra matte completely colored models did mm -hmm, not exist mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. so the black one looks really good um i'm kind of liking them all but i you know this is more money i did <laughs> not need I, gotta catch them all right i did not need to spend <laughs> this kind of dough no that was yeah. what i said i said i didn't need to see this yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Said to the yeah, person. Definitely didn't need to see this, and now we're trying <laughs> to figure out how to import more watches from Australia. Yeah, I don't know if this is same market or if they're maybe these are going to go widespread. I don't know, but either way, they look good. I'm enjoying it. The one I have, so I would I would consider maybe getting one more. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think so. I mean. I think anybody who who's uh who's seen this watch, who's gotten it, has talked about it, how cool it is, just you know, the sheer novelty of it. And like you said, you were you were putting it through its paces, you know, this weekend doing the the whole thing, you know, in the pool and everything with the family. And yet no issues with a watch that doesn't have a screw down crown and a hundred meters of water resistance. So Right, and a case that is not made of metal. <laughs> the only metal part on it is literally the case back. <laughs> yeah, and I think and the the crown, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. and the crown and the Which crown. is funny, but yeah, no, it does a great job and it, you know, I'll be honest, I wear it at work almost every day. It it goes in the water, in the heat, anywhere you can imagine. So this thing has taken a licking and it's it's doing well. I'm really enjoying it. So definitely a, a cool pickup on that and uh you know, like I said, for the price, can you really beat it? That it's it always baffles me that considering the price of watches these days and even the you know, even quartz watches, right? Even even quartz Seikos, right? The speed timers and things are up in the mm -hmm. six, seven hundred dollar range. Like for something like this to be under two hundred bucks is kind of insane. Yeah. I mean, very much so. And and like you said, everything's been going up. So it's it's kind of a gem, you know? I wish it was more readily available here in the U.S., for sure. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe it's going to get its sort of... Uh, Debut? Yeah, you know, what it's it's just desserts, and maybe they'll they'll have seen that people are kind of kind of into it, right? Kind of chattering about it. All right, well, maybe, you know, maybe they'll do a, a U.S.-only edition, or maybe they'll do a global, you know, global drop. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I'm ready for it. Well, if anybody from Seiko <laughs> listens to this podcast, bring them. They'll sell. They're going to sell like crazy. And everyone here will like them. So. That's our two cents. For sure. Make me a pink one, would you? 
Oof. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. That would be fuego. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Uh, so a watch I, I have neglected to mention for weeks now, and it, it kind of upsets me because I really I really like these sort of just from their, their novelty perspective. Um, Citizen has brought back the bullhead in Oof. a a limited capacity of sorts recently. I mean, they're all they're all sort of limited editions and they're all in collaborations with different um whether it be like a magazine or a a fashion retailer and things like that. But uh so it, it's uh it's known as a the Suno T S U N O chrono model, but we know it is the bullhead. You might you've seen it on, you know, Brad Pitt in mm-hmm. uh what what was the one where he's a stuntman? What is that one uh, once upon a time in Mexico? It, yeah, once upon a time in Mexico, okay. I think is what it is. So you've seen this model, it's it's very popular, it's popular in the vintage markets and things, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just a, it's a very neat model because it's a configuration you don't really get. And for those who don't know what a bullhead is, right? It's it's a sort of a standard layout chronograph, but instead of the pushers being on the right side of the case, they're on the top of the case, the pushers yeah. and the crown, which is why it looks like a bull. Yeah, like little <laughs> horns. But it's just neat. You know, it's a neat kind of way to operate it, right? You put your thumb under it and you can operate the pushes with your your index and middle finger, which it, it's just cool. You know, it's, it's a different layout, but it's sort of a, a I don't want to call it legendary, but I think everybody knows of them. And now there are at least four newer models you can get. One of them is uh, sort of an all black dial. One of them is a very vibrant orange, which looks really good with yeah. black accents. Uh, there's like a champagne cream dial uh, with black accents and uh, some orange in there. And then a dark blue model with sort of a red, white, and blue motif going on. Perfect for your 4th of July celebration coming up here in the States. But, I, you know, I, I've always been a, a big fan of these and I really like the bracelets they come on. Um, they sort of look like an expansion bracelet. I don't know if they are or not, but that's the style they're in. Uh, I don't think uh, I can't tell. I mean, but regardless, it's a cool looking watch. It's a cool looking watch. It's been around before. It's well known throughout sort of the, you know, if you're big in a, the citizen Seikos of all days, you know, you, you can find these in, in either brand and they're, they're very cool. So if you're into that, definitely go check those out. I know some of them are as limited as, 2300 units globally so mm-hmm. you know and these are these are 38 millimeters so not a bad size 11.7 thick i mean they are quartz i believe but still nice size neat package you know if, if this is your bag definitely hop on that and the orange yeah. for me for me the orange crushes it the orange is really really cool <laughs> i'm with it <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're good looking and they're funky and it's a throwback and and why not in a world where everybody's got the same dang watches on their Instagram feed, like why not pull pull out the stops and do something very cool like this? Yeah, it's neat. It's very neat. I mean, why not? It's like it's got it's giving me Jajaro vibes. It's giving me you know seventies Chrono vibes. I mean, that's exactly what it is. But it's uh it's a very very handsome looking watch, and all the photos that I can find of it online, they look really nice. So why not? Why not? All right. Uh, Orient is finally back with with some newer stuff. Um, this is kind of an interesting one because it definitely doesn't really go along with the the models before this. But there are some new Mako models out 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they have sort of the steel bezel look to them. Um, sort of what Seiko's been putting out recently, you know, similar to those, but you're getting a black dial, blue dial, white dial, and then you're getting something like a copper and a purple surprise. Um, but they don't yeah. really look like the, the typical Mako. Yeah, it's very different. Very, very different. And and honestly, had I not read the caption on the post, I wouldn't even have thought it was a Mako. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it definitely it doesn't look like the, the Mako layout as much as I'm used to. Um it's like a skin diver. Yeah. That, that's right. really that's really kind of the best way to describe it, I think. And it's uh it's like a heritage skin diver. It's got a steel bezel, 39 millimeter case, and kind of open, you know, broadsword hands. Almost like Omega esque, but they don't they come more to like a fence post shape versus yeah. like a, a a true arrow. But good looking. Just very different. Very different than what we're used to here in the States. Yeah, I'm curious what these are going to run because I did not see a price on them. Yeah, I didn't either. But, um, you know, much like your Seikos, you're getting sort of an Orient in-house caliber. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, and they, they've done their work to sort of update their their lines with the Sapphire Crystals and things. And now, you know, they're bringing yeah, their watches yeah. into the future. So that's nice. Uh, but, you know, definitely a different look. I, I think I like them. I just, uh, you know, like I said, it's going to depend on price point and everything, but the size isn't bad. Um, you know, the no, color, the size is co- great. Colors they offer aren't bad. Definitely a, a copper is a nice touch. I like it's, that a lot. It's different. Yeah, it's different. And, I'm, you know, I'm actually not even afraid of this lilac, this like kind of like lavendery purple. No, it's very nice. It's it's uh, the Orient Grimace Shake. I mean, basically, right? Like that's maybe that's what we should call it. We should call it the, the, the Orient Mako Grimace. 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 Very nice. Very nice. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's gonna be be cool if these end up as as US market releases, not something that's you know JDM or or something like that specific. Um, I think these will do fairly well because you know, makers are already hits here in the States. Um, it's a great entry level price point timepiece. And I think this is a nice kind of welcome splash of color, which has been synonymous with the watch industry for the last year or so. Um, I think a lot of brands are exploring the fact that you can have colorful dials. We're seeing, I think, kind of that like 70s renaissance of let's just do it, whatever. We don't care. You know, do a crazy color, do a crazy design, and it's going to sell anyway. And then I think in the next five years or so, we're going to start to see that cool off and we'll go back to more of a conservative type uh, motif. But at least for now, I'm enjoying the color. Yeah, we've sort of seen that come and go over time right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah definitely cool and we, we know the skin diver has been all the rage in the past year or so so these kind of fit right in with that you know sort of orient reading the room here but yeah i mean you know this is this is a very for me that especially the purple it's a very for somebody if somebody's afraid of a purple dial color that's a very masculine offering for me with the steel bezel and everything so for me, that's something you can get into. If you were looking for a little color diversity in your watch dials and things, and, and you're like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of purple, right? I've seen everything from a, a Chapek to a Monaco, but they're all kind of 
ah, you know, I don't know if, you know, those are for me. Like here's a pretty, you know, generic run of the mill skin diver looking watch and you got a purple dial and you can get it. looks like you can get it on a, a NATO or a bracelet and it could be sort of just a fun summer wear and you don't really have to be too self-conscious and, and, or spend a lot of money a la Monaco or Chappic, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You I know, was having a discussion with a buddy about a traffic today, and he's like, yeah, it was like probably one of the worst watches I've ever owned. Really? Yeah. He's like, well, he said he got one of the first like production watches that ever came out a couple of years ago. And he had told me, you know, quite frankly, they just weren't ready for the production scale to be as quick and as fast as I think it they it came. And I don't think that they were just prepared enough for it because so was he, he was saying the build quality wasn't there. Or what? Yeah, he's like there was like they had gotten some like introductory stuff, and you know they were one of the first owners. But like when they shipped him his watch, like it was supposed to be personalized a little bit, and he got the wrong case back. And, oh no! Like it was his whole thing; it wouldn't keep power reserve and stuff like that. So um, basically, there was a few different issues um, that that he had with Chappic, which is. Uh, you know, probably rectified now, but you know, when you get some of the first watch batches of an indie company, it's probably not unheard of that uh, that, that would happen. Again, you're you're certainly paying a, a hefty price for those. That's not yeah, a, not yeah, a cheap yeah for watch. sure. And that's what he said. He's like, you know, I probably wouldn't have done it had I not had some type of incentive, introductory price point or whatever. Um, but uh, you know. Such is life. He sold it. It's gone. Well, I guess if you're <laughs> well, if you're into that, I mean, didn't uh, Christopher Ward drop like a a Chappic esque? I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's the twelve. Yeah, the twelve. Right, that was yeah, it. I know we, we kind of touched on it at one point, but I can't. Yeah, remember. yeah, we talked about it last episode. Yep. Yeah. So if you're if you're down for that, I guess you could always get in there. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, and and at a lot much uh, and a lot more attractive price. Yeah, but it doesn't have the sexy name like Antarctic Passage Day Drake or something. <laughs> <laughs> right? That was that was a, the name of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Antarctic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Well, anyways. Um, well, I mean, that that actually kind of brings us to a watch that we hadn't even talked about yet. The the new Christopher Ward Atolls that came out. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. What do even, you think of those? Put, I, I like him. I really do like him. I think, you know, <laughs> maybe it's a trend, but we're starting to see the steel bezel come back into into play here because the yeah. Atolls have it as well. Um, I think you know probably which one my favorite is of the two, um, but I think both are very handsome watches. Yeah. They're very handsome watches. And, you know, at under $1,000 US, great size specs, great movement, you know, great brand. I think it's hard uh, hard not to like it. Yeah, and they come with some really nice looking uh, colored rubbers, which is also yeah. a... <laughs> colored rubber sounds funny. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was like, that <laughs> anyway, sounds a little odd. That's reminds okay. me of college. Fine. But uh, but yeah, Bucky so you colored get, rubbers. There's one with sort of a turquoisey uh, gradient dial, and then there's yeah. one with a is that white or silver? It's like a silver dial, but it has like um, orange with the with the strap. So it's yeah, basically it, a very Spartan colored dial. Yeah, it's cool. That gives me uh, the strap. That color combination gives me Planet Ocean feelings. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. Well, but my favorite is that turquoise. Because like, one of my one of my favorite Planet Oceans is that orange bezel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That the was old school. That was a sweet one. I always liked that one. 
Yeah, the old school Planet Ocean. I wish it would come back, you know, in the you know, that, somebody should it's you know, it's been a while. Omega, let's go. It's been a while. The Planet Ocean needs some loving. I right? agree. That was a I monster. Agree. That was a, mo- a beast of a watch, spec wise. Like just all right, bring it into the future now. It's it's a moneymaker. I it had to have been. It was a, it was a damn cool watch. Bond War. It right? it's still it still is a damn cool watch. I That's mean it's what just, I'm saying, man. Bring it that just hasn't, to the present. It just hasn't gotten any love. I mean, the divers 300 meters kind of taking the, the limelight for a lot of people because you know, for many people, that is the quintessential omega that they remember. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. I I think more of us in the modern generation, we 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 think of Seamaster as like the not the Plopro, but the Planet Ocean. You know, that's at least the Seamaster that comes to my mind when I when I think about the, the about the Seamaster collection. Yeah, no, I agree. But just uh, you know, you know what it is. The Planet Ocean was very popular about when I got in. Yeah. So yeah. it you know to see it cool off was kind of like a shock to me because I when I was even when I was shopping. Pelagos, I that orange bezel Planet Ocean was my my other big contender mm-hmm. at the time because mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is this thing is a beast, like spec wise. I was like, it's an awesome yeah. diver, and you know, it, it, it they come in at a, a very attractive price point secondhand. So I was like, ah, you know, so that that was for me a, a very serious contender when I was when I was looking for that first you know big boy watch that everybody talks about, but. You know, I I definitely think they got to bring that back. It's it's not that it's gone anywhere, but just you know, bring it, bring it up to speed here. Right? We're giving we're giving uh, Speedmaster Racing all this love and things. Come on. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, and and maybe, 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 maybe we'll get something new this week. I mean, we saw the teaser trailer. We're recording this on Sunday. We may right, get and that's supposed to be twenty seventh collection on twenty seventh. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's we'll see. While we're here, I mean, let's let's just get that cat out of the bag. You got any uh, predictions, ideas? Well, I mean, you know, there was some leaked photos online that that happened, um, and you know, from what I can see from the renderings, it looked pretty cool. I don't know if uh, if anything's going to come of those designs, or if that's you know finalized designs, or if it's photoshopped and made to look like it was leaked. I don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, this could be another one of those, uh, like the, the gold foil dial moon swatch that everybody put out. <laughs> exactly. Someone taking Photoshop a little yeah. bit too seriously, and they're like, it's leaked, it's leaked, it's leaked. You know, like, okay, all right. Do we really know? No, we don't really know. But um, this is the 75th anniversary for the Seamaster collection. Um, and from what I could see from the teaser video today, it looks like that's probably going to be the focus and uh, at least one of the watches that we can kind of confirm in the in the video that we're playing has a very cool case back, um, and it looks like it's going to be like Poseidon with the uh, with the seahorse monsters pulling him through through the water with his chariot, uh, which I think is very cool. It's a very strong motif on a case back, very indicative of the name Sea Master. Um, but I, I'm anxious to see what it's going to be. I just don't know. What do you think? You got any predictions? I don't. You know, I, I, they always surprise me because sometimes they go just straight up, like conservative traditional design, as they did with the, uh, more recent Seamaster release that was just the blue. You know, it sort of looked like the older Bond. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, it was a very con- right. It was, it was a very con- conservative design, right? It wasn't really playing with it too much. It was very just true to what it was. And then every once in a while, they hit me with something sort of out of left field. And I'm like, oh, all right, all right. I see what we're doing here. But 
Uh, definitely curious. Uh, you know, it's it's always fun to check out an anniversary model because every once in a while they they throw something nifty at you. Even yeah. even the conservative brands will do that. So I'm uh, you know waiting here, and I guess twenty some odd hours from now we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we will find it. And it's weird because like Omega's been relatively quiet this year. I personally haven't had a lot to talk about just because, I mean, they haven't really done much. But like you said, we got the 60th kind of rolling into this year. We had the delivery of the Aquaterra Shades, which are pretty much at most retailers now. Not maybe the entirety of the collection, but a few pieces here and there from what I hear. Right, we got the new Speedy Racing. Speedy Super Racing, but that won't probably come out until the end of the year, even though it was announced. And then yep. the World Timers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those I, mean, I think those have been a hit. I've already seen people posting those in in ads and things like that. So, um, I think Omega is also getting better at delivering pieces, which I think is necessary and needed. But um, more on that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, the 27th is going to bring. Because, as you guys know, I'm a big old fanboy, and I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with all that uh, in tow here, uh, we can go back to Orient again. <laughs> mm, yes. Um, yes. No, they, uh, they're they also releasing some newer models of a fan favorite, the Bambino. Uh, I think missed opportunity here to extend the 38 millimeter line though because these mm. are the larger i think 42 millimeter cases yeah yeah miss. yeah which is uh, i don't want to say disappointing but i would like to have seen them just done both like put it in 42 and 38 I'm just, you know i'm just really waiting for the day where we get the bambino bambino crossover and we just get like a new york yankees bambino like i just can we just do that would it be uh navy and white pinstripe yeah and it, would know, have, like, it would have to have somewhere. Wasn't that? Wasn't that uh, um, so it would have to have a, the number three, maybe a, like the only numbered index be a three. Be that would three. be sick. Orient, I know you're listening. Let's do it. Let's just come up with the idea right now. You got a you got an Arabic number three. No date. Navy dial or white dial with pinstripe. Call it a day. Call it the Bambino. Yeah. So, and if those those of you who have no idea what the hell we're talking about from foreign markets, um, Babe Ruth, <laughs> his, his number was three. He played for the Yankees. He was known as the the Great Bambino. If you've never seen The Sandlot, and if you haven't, God help you, go watch it. It's a classic. It is a classic. And it's it's a it's a phenomenal summertime flick. So even if yeah. you're not a baseball person. It's not. It's not really a baseball movie. No, no. It's, it's like it's, a. It's, not. it's like a coming of age movie, but right. it's very yes. good. It's yes. very good. And it's it, it 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 has baseball. It's centered around sort of the legend of Babe Ruth. Um. But it's more. It's a. It's a fun comedy. It. If you haven't seen it, just go see it. It's. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a a generational movie of our, of our upbringing. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. Highly recommend. So, legends anyways, never die. Yeah, that's right. Heroes are remembered, but legends, but legends, never, legends die. never die. Classic. But anyway, so these Bambinos, these are the 42 millimeters. They have sort of an olive dial, a uh, it's a blue dial, but it's not like the blue dial that comes on one of the previous generations. This one's a little more subdued. I, I guess it's more like a navy dial almost. Um, you're getting a pewter dial with sort of a rose gold tone and then a black 
with, I guess, Rose accents, which they, again, they've had sort of a model like this one. Yeah. But yeah. not quite like this. I mean, the, the olive color is very nice. I'm a big fan of that olive color. But again, I, I would have just liked to have seen this in a, in the smaller configuration as well, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. from everybody I've seen who have interacted with that watch, they've said, wow, this is a very nice proportion because Orient just, I mean, as a brand overall, like that, not that they make big watches, but their watches are always just like one or two millimeters just a hair bigger than they need to be yeah yeah you know yeah, what i mean that, that's true yeah especially because it wasn't the original bambino it was 42 when it first came out right i think and so. everyone liked it but it was also at that time where people didn't really know better and then they scaled it down if i remember correctly right and then they, they even made a 36 yeah yeah and stupidly released it as as a ladies watch yeah that was because funny. again classic sizing all that stuff but mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know where to place them, but again, just uh, what do maybe we'll do? see it. Maybe we'll get it eventually. But they're they're playing around with color and you know, sort of trying to bring their their tried and true lines into the the limelight here again. So we'll see what they they offer us. Again, none of them look bad. They look pretty good, but um, you know, these watches are very much all dial. Yeah, and that's where you run into a little bit of trouble. Is that uh there's not much bezel to cut into that space. So you're getting very big yeah. dials. Um, the and one thing I look bigger than it actually is too. So it's already 42. It's, it's going to look even bigger. Right. And it does have an aggressive dome crystal, yeah. which I yeah. do like, they do look very good. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it just doesn't help the, the sizing proportions. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're getting some new stuff from Orient, which is always good. Cause I, again, I'm a big fan of the affordables and we'll see kind of how that goes, but um moving right along here uh so this is one you sent me that was interesting because we had spoke about art deco watches sort of making their their rounds again and this one is yep. from um alpina and alpina. this is to celebrate its 140th anniversary and they are very art deco they're sort of the i guess they're rectangular they're definitely not square so they're rectangular case they have the small seconds um, looks like you get black dial, white dial. Very, very handsome. It looks like they come on sort of these ostrichy leather straps, which is which yeah. are really quite nice in a in a light brown. And uh, yeah, they're just very, very attractive watches. Um, I tried to stay away from saying the word alpinas because it it just sounds awful. Um, <laughs> so I didn't understand where you're going with that until you actually said it. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of a well. For, I'll give you a, a, lewd. a quick um, nonsensical story. So when I was in the eighth grade, uh, a friend came over to my house after school, and uh, I had a dog, and she couldn't walk up. We had like wooden stairs. Mm -hmm, and she was pretty new to our family, but she couldn't get herself up the stairs because she was, uh, you know, they were like polished wood. So it was like very slippery and she was just unsure footing wise. Yeah. yeah we were yeah. trying to get her to go up. And the only way we could do it was to use dish rags. Like we put dish rags over each one of the stairs and she was like, oh, OK, so she could have some traction. And she eventually started to make her way up <laughs> now. OK, now. All right. Stay with me here in in growing up Italian. uh we call those dish rags. We, my grandmother called them mapinas because that's what they're, they're called basically like little mops, mapinas. Mm, mm, but again, okay. it sounds funny, right? So my sister yeah. is, is pitching the idea to us and she's like, we have to put mapinas on the stairs. Oh, and my friend is like, what? 
Now, keep in mind, she's significantly younger than me by yeah, at yeah, least yeah. five or six years. She's like, you got to put my penis on the stairs and she'll walk up. And my friend is like staring at her <laughs> here in headlights. And oh I, I'm not God. picking it up yet because to me, it's a normal word. My grandmother uses it all the time. I'm like, I'm like, he doesn't know what that is. And, she, and he's like, dude, what is she telling me to put on the stairs? And I was like, oh, OK, I get it. I understand now. Yeah, so, uh, we, we a little oversight here. Yeah, 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 but we got it. We lost got it. in translation, if you will. So <laughs> yes, actually, actually lost in translation. So it's Jeez, just that's, say, that saying, is hilarious. saying Alpinas reminds me of that story, but um, <laughs> just uh, a fun flashback to to the eighth grade for your. Oh my gosh! Wow. But um, but very cool watches. Very very handsome, uh, dressy, and in that Art Deco style we were talking about, sort of the what's. We yeah, they're they're cool, man. They're cool, and and I love the fact that they found like sourced original movements from what, from yes. what the article indicated. Yes, so there's big. only there's only going to be a few of them made. They're all going to be basically LEs, so limited edition pieces. But I think this is very cool. I think it's a testament to Alpina really trying to do something different. Because when I think of Alpina, you know, quite frankly, I think about sport watches. You know, they do some crazy titanium stuff. They do a lot of funky, you know, kind of dive stuff. This is very much the opposite of what they're known for today, but I like it. I think it's a welcome change. I think it's a great way to make this type of watch design accessible to other people because right now there's not a lot of tank style watches out there that are really accessible to the masses. Yeah. And I think this is a cool one. It's got an exhibition case back. It's manual wind. It's beautiful movement and it's got some history and heritage. So I think it's cool. I'm excited to see it. I think that's why people made a, a decent deal about the the Oris when it came out that or that square Oris because yeah like that's rather accessible for yeah the style that you're you're looking for. There's just not and there's not a lot out there in the market that's like that. You know yeah everyone's about divers and everyone's about sport watches, which totally makes sense. Believe me, I'm of that same mindset as well. But there's such an untapped niche to make classical dress watches available again and i think um i think it's coming i think it's coming i think people are starting to get a little dive watched out you gonna put that on our red hat make classical uh dress watches available again (laughs) oh man yes no i agree with you I, i agree i think we've sort of seen this trend just continue on for what feels like a decade now yeah as long as i've been in the watches yeah and it's it's just, longer i don't want to say that it's due to fall off but we're definitely due for a little diversity i think i think people just want to shake up that's it is and we've talked about this kind of as a through line throughout you know this year it's been it's been a little flat you know like we get our little our little highs and then it's like it's immediate lows after that and I don't know, maybe something like a big cultural change or something completely different offering would be would be very well welcomed, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, part of that is probably pop culture and things like that play into that as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm sure you saw I had, I had a little fun this week with the uh I was making a joke about when you don't know any of the words to the to the rap lyrics except for the part where they're gonna talk about the watches. Oh yeah, what's funny is yeah. before I finished reading the caption, that was immediately the song I was thinking of, and then I saw the caption, I'm like, oh yeah, bro and I are, bro and I are from the same, <laughs> the same era. 
it was just funny yeah yeah but no it was fun you know it, it was like everybody everybody either privately or on the post kind of chimed in with like the the one that they go it like pops in their head and they're like mm-hmm. oh it's so it was a lot of fun but it's certainly been a lot of uh it's certainly been an area where watches have sort of blown up and and shined i mean they always have like i can always think of even sort of some classic rap that always mentioned either a rolex or what it might have been but you know it's it's just uh it's definitely definitely in the spotlight there you know although you know what was interesting is somebody dropped a comment on it that said and this is allegedly i don't think it's true but they said that jacob and co are the most named brand in rap but i don't think that's true i can think of like a million songs that reference rolex i mean yeah i i would say rolex is probably up there but you know you have to remember too jacob and co that's how the entire guy got started yeah he was making bust down right. watches before jacob they the were called that yeah and uh he was making them for you know all these people i think it was in houston actually where his original store was like he was just like the rappers would come through houston all the the um what was that style back in the day chopping screwed oh yeah yeah you know, like mike jones and all those dudes when they were coming through they would go and they would buy his watches <laughs> yep <laughs> so for those of you listening who have no idea what chopping screwed uh rap music was um just go listen to some old school mike jones from back in the day and uh you'll uh you'll understand. that was like that was like a silly era but it was kind of funny but it was good. Like the music was actually pretty good. You know? Yeah, it, it was had, like, it had like beats to it. Yeah, like if you if you if you don't know what it is, like they would they would like uh what's it called? Where like you slow down the voice a little bit so it like drags like almost like Kevin yeah. McAllister in Home Alone, where it, it like deepens the voice and and stretches it out. Like they would play with that. They would do a lot of like uh very like synthesized beats like that and some yeah, like, and heavy had, bass. Had, it was it was it was a fun it was a funny little era. Like yeah, and they and they would do like the uh, the they'd have like the grill the, going. Yeah, the grill. Right, they all had a would, grill. They all have certainly their, there. They'd be and then they would do the the with like the record the record scratching. You know, like the I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but I, they did a lot of that. But just the whole the whole honestly the whole style movement was really funny. Like they used to drive their cars with the doors open. Yeah, and stuff like. Like ghost ride, ghost ride. Yeah, yeah, ghost ride the whip. Hysterical, hysterical. They have the lights everywhere, tons of chrome, and it'd be like a slammed Cadillac. But just definitely a funny era of, uh, of I guess southern hip hop. But very, very funny. But yeah, was it was a fun, fun post overall. But um, but yeah, definitely kind of almost a a faction of watch culture, if you will. (laughs) Jacob the jeweler. All right, I think I only got one or two more here. Um, Timex released a reissue of a world timer, which is kind of neat. You know, something a little different. I mean, it's it's sort of a like a layman world timer. I think it's got a rotating bezel that has cities on it, and otherwise mm-hmm. it's just a time only watch, but with a date. Um, but you know, very vintage. You know, cool case design, sort of in line with their their quartz offering already. But uh, a neat layout. Would would you say that's a is that a tuxedo? It's kind of like a tuxedo dial, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, don't it doesn't, I don't think it really applies here because it's not really like a dress watch, right, but right. it's got a little bit of that vein of kind of like a tuxedo watch, black and kind of like white or gray on the outside. 
Yeah, and you're just getting you're getting a very 70s watch. I mean, it is a 72 reissue, but you're getting sort of that trapezoidal date window and, uh, you know, the sloped lugs and sort of a cushiony case and, you know, all the things we come to to like about 70s watches, sort of what we're talking about with the bullhead. But, um, you know, sort of just a neat offering. I mean, you know this thing is going to be dirt cheap, but to be able to, you know, spin your bezel and you got all the big cities on there. So just cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think that's all I got here. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Grand Seiko decided to put Mickey on the back of two different first models. And uh, uh, yes, yes, the Mickey Grand Seiko. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, where, where is, where are we drawing the the line? Where are we drawing the parallel here? How did this happen? It's called money. I know, but like, the, Japan doesn't have their own. People no. like characters put in the back of this. Like, where's no. the link to Disney? It's called money. <sighs> weird. Just Disney weird. will take the money. <laughs> Just weird. And it's, I guess it's what for the hundredth anniversary of Mickey. Dude, I don't know. Hundredth anniversary of Mickey. Hundredth anniversary of Disney. Look, no offense to anybody that loves Disney. I'm not with you. It's a cult. Dude, I have a I have a cousin who goes like every single school break, it, and I'm like, how do you do? You just hand them like a hundred grand a year? Yeah, basically, because it exactly is not cheap happens. to go there. No, and, it's 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 quite literally the opposite of being cheap. And you can't go there unless you're gonna buy the fast pass or whatever the hell special. Yes. So like, you're literally just getting drained of your money. Yeah, absolutely. And then your kids want the forty dollar popcorn and the thirty dollar sodas and. You know, you had to go to multiple different parks and you pass it for each park. It's it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I don't know how anybody does it. Like, sorry, I just will stay my ass at home and buy watches. So, I mean, I'll just, you know, feed my family and <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. live. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a little selfish of me. Maybe I'm old school, but, you know. No, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know how people do it, but it's 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 insane. I don't either. But, but there's definitely a, a very cult aspect to it. I've, I actually have more than one cousin that go every single school break yeah. with their multiple kids, and I'm like, who who did you sacrifice the altar to be able to yeah, afford this? I, I'll say this. Like, I have an old fraternity brother who listens to the podcast, and, and his wife is actually like a like a Disney, like, travel agent person. So they go all the time, but it's, you know, so she can stay up to date with the, with the, with the attractions and the events and all that stuff. And it's like her job. So she gets like this kind of rates and all that stuff too. So I get it. Okay. You go. But yeah, and that's, that just, I, being in a place with like 50,000 people and they're just like sweaty and trying to like fight each other to get on rides. It's just not my idea of a vacation. So a buddy of mine told me the hack to do is if you, if you're there with, a female you go and you tell whoever that they're fatigued and they're pregnant and that they'll give you a wheelchair and it'll get you to the front of the line really quick that's evil it might be but you know what i mean dog eat dog i guess <laughs> it's either oh that or staying your ass in line all day i mean i mean that that's that's crazy yeah i mean i can see it or you just don't go to disney I mean, I can't lie. I don't mind Epcot or like MGM Studios or like, you know, SeaWorld or anything like that. It's it's the main park that is where you really run into. Yeah. yeah the dread. Yeah. 
No, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's uh yeah, I don't know. All right. So anyway, finally we'll 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 do a little topic here. <laughs> We've only been talking for like an hour. Yeah, and this is one that's been floating around for a few days now. And it's it's interesting because I wanted to get your take on it personally because you have experience with um the industry from sort of an insider perspective. Yeah. And I'm sure you can uh shed a little light on this as far as things go. But there was a very uh, a story put out that was very um, polarizing, and it was about a gentleman who was promised an allocation of a watch. Yep. Right. Yep. Sort of the the handshake where you're gonna spend money at my place, and I will get you the watch that you want in time. Mm-hmm. And he wound up shelling out a bunch of money, and the watch never came. And then there's a bunch of sort of he said, she said, as far as yeah. facts go, yeah. as to what happened with allocations or the ability to deliver on it. And I'm sure you've read it by now. I mean, what's, yeah, what's, for your, sure. what's your take on the, the entire thing? Uh, look, I know that this guy is suing. Um, and, and it obviously is a big deal because I think the original story was broke, was, was, uh, was broken on the internet, I think by a non watch publication. Okay. So I think it was like a Forbes or like a Business Insider or something like that before the watch space picked up on it. And I don't know where the retailer is. I'm not going to name them. You guys can read the articles. I'm not going to put them on blast here on the podcast. But essentially, this this retailer, at least the, 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 the person suing this organization, is at least alleging or claiming that they were using a relationship building thing, which happens consistently in the, in the industry, dangling the ultimate carrot at the end of the stick, knowing full well that they were losing their account status before his allocation would be fulfilled. So that's at least the claim that this is an alleged thing that they knew, and that they were they were proactively incentivizing to buy all of these other pieces in a predatory sense, in a misleading sense, thinking that that would guarantee him an allocation piece of this respective type of watch. And at the end of the day, they lost their account status. They were not able to fulfill his allocation piece. Now, here's the tricky thing about this. Because from a lot of people that I've known over the years that have had different brands or have lost different brands, typically the brands are not very forthcoming with when they're losing their their account status, if it happens. Interesting. And the reason for that, as you can imagine, is the more shock and awe factor I can deploy upon you as a business owner, the less you have time to prepare yourself for that inevitability. Right. Right. You can't get a legal team together. You can't try to, you know, fortify yourself in your business. Like there's so you can't try to, you know, transship all your stuff away. Or you can't just start lock it all in your safe. <laughs> yeah, you, you just can't start liquidating all of your 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 assets. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine if you're like a Rolex dealer and someone's like, "Hey, we're giving you six months before we close you." Basically, you could just start discounting whatever the hell you want to and selling it because at the end of the day, you're going to lose your account anyway, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So I think from my experience, the people that I've known that have ran, owned, or operated different types of uh, jewelry stores and, and ADs, if you will, typically the brands will tell them 
right before they closed them. And I know this uh, from a firsthand uh, account experience of somebody that basically um, during one part of the busiest part of the year, and I won't specify exactly when, but one of the busiest parts of the year, they got a letter in the mail from Rolex. They had been a Rolex account for something like 60 or 70 years. Wow. Consistent business. Okay. They had a very established presence with the brand. They had a very established clientele for Rolex specifically. They had a build out with them, everything. And the owner told me a couple years ago essentially how this went down. He got a letter in the mail. Nothing had specified exactly what was going on other than that they were losing their account status effective immediately. So it was basically like a letter. Nobody shows up. And then the next day, before the open of business, an armored truck pulls up. They seized all his inventory, all of his allocation pieces, everything that they had as stock. His Rolex took it back. They had a general contractor show up and literally rip out their build-out. And then anything that was there that was... Rolex tools or equipment or signage or anything that was too big to haul away at that time had to be shipped back to the brand and the brand cuts you a check for whatever they deem the value of those items to be. Okay. So let's say you bought a Rolex case back opener. Okay. When I used to work in, 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 uh, in retail, our Rolex watchmaker his case back opener was $20,000. What? Now, is it really worth $20,000? No, it's but but it has Rolex on it. It's proprietary. It's proprietary even though it's like Bergeon, you know, it's like the same stuff that everybody uses, but it was proprietary for Rolex and that account had to buy that respective tool. So he told me, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, a case back opener or pressure testing machines, all of our polishing stuff. Whenever you have a Rolex store, if you have a watchmaker in that that services Rolex or does anything with them, you have to have separate polishing rooms for all these different things, all these specific machines that they certify you can have, and you have to buy their stuff. You can't buy, like, auxiliary, like, Amazon stuff or anything else to, to save costs. Like, you have to buy what they tell you to buy. Um. And they just take it back. And he said, like, you know, they cut me a check for the polishing wheel and it was like, you know, a thousand dollars or and and the machine was like forty grand, you know, like stuff like that. And they just they give you nothing. They take everything, they give you nothing. So typically when something like that happens, it's pretty immediate and it's pretty quick. So I can imagine that this respective retailer had no idea that they were losing their account status. And most most accounts, especially when you've been servicing a brand for 50, 60, 70 years, you kind of exist with the blinders on that it'll never happen to you because your relationship with your rep is so good. Your relationship with the brand is so good. You've you've done so you've done so well for them. You've been a great partner. They've been a great uh, a great vendor for you. All of these things. And at the end of the day, it's just business. And some 20-year-old CEO or some person that graduated from business school six months ago is going to tell you that, you know what, you're no longer worth it. 
your your uh, your uh, uh, a line on a light item sheet that no longer is relevant, and we're just going to cut you out of business. And that's how it goes. And it's ugly, it's evil, it's completely immoral, but it's business. So I really don't think that this this company, this retailer, or anything like that had any idea. There's no way they could have. Interesting. So as opposed to maybe them having an idea or knowing it's coming down the pipe and trying to make as much as they can before that, and then maybe just saying, oh, well, not our fault. You know, it got I, I just, taken I, away I, from us. I just feel like that's a stretch. I really feel like that's a stretch. Okay. Well, that's because why I've I'm never, asking, I've never you know, heard of anything like that happening personally. Now, again, I'm speaking from my own personal experience. I don't know what anybody else has experienced before. I don't know if there's any shop owners or anybody else that's listening to this podcast that, that can that can weigh in. And if so, please weigh in. But at least from what I know and the experience of the people that I've talked to that have been around the industry for, for decades and decades and decades and have owned family businesses, um, typically the, they just don't know. And the only way that maybe you might know something's up is typically if your rep stops talking to you. That's a pretty clear indication that something's up. You know, they don't come visit, they don't do any trainings or anything like that. Um, that's when you're kind of like, okay, where's my rep? Can't get a hold of my rep. I can't get a hold of his superior. Okay, now they're starting to ghost me a little bit. Something's wrong. Okay, they're probably going to close us. They're distancing themselves from you. Yeah, that sounds a lot like uh, getting dumped. It's, that's exactly what it is, right? You not, getting, saying, not getting your text back. Yeah, uh, I can't hang thing, out. I got something stupid to do. Yeah, I got a family thing coming up. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I seen this one before. Yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 all pretty straightforward, at least from from what I've experienced. And and again, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's literally just out of the blue, like in the case of this uh, this Rolex owner, or this uh, you know this Rolex store owner. He just he's like, I I, I didn't even see it coming. I had no idea. I was completely blindsided. Wow. And that happens a lot. And I can imagine with a big brand like Patek, that's what would happen. Because they have an image to protect. They have a pedigree to protect. They have, you know, this brand history to protect. All of these things. They don't need this scandal and all this crap to get out. Okay. This is basically like, you know what? You're done. We're taking your stuff. We're gone. You're no longer selling Patek. And that's usually how it goes. It's not personal, it's business. And, you know, George Clooney gets on a plane with Anna Kendrick and he flies in and they fire you, basically. That's kind of how it goes, right? <laughs> did you ever see that movie? I did. Up in the air? Yep, up in the air. Okay. Yeah. So, shout out to all of you who caught that before I had to explain what it was. Um, Is that the one? That's the one where he has the uh, interesting device he's building? Interesting device. Is that the same movie I'm thinking of? No, it's not the same movie. So there's another one with Clooney where he travels around a lot on planes and I think he's getting around on his wife. And if you've seen the movie, I can't remember the name of it, but you'll know what I'm talking about. He's got a very interesting, um, uh, let's just call it a novel pleasure device that he's building. It's clearly not the same movie, but it was the one I I, th I confused both of them when you when you were. Saying well, I know, but like he does travel around a lot in this movie, and he is getting around with his wife in this movie too. Maybe I'm thinking about the same movie, or maybe not. I can't. You know, it, it was during a period where, like, I, I think I was in college, so God knows I was doing enough drinking. Maybe you saw the porno version. 
maybe I downloaded the wrong version of this movie. Because <laughs> basically, like, the whole purpose of the movie as a complete sidebar is him and Anna Kendrick travel around the country and they fire people. And George Clooney did it the old school way by doing it in person, face to face. Kurt, you know, a emo- little emotional connection in and out. And Anna Kendrick was designing this new high tech way of doing it by firing people remotely through the computer. And it was how basically both of their schools of thought didn't really work out in all scenarios and things like that. So it was kind of like an interesting movie. Sorry, I'm thinking of Burn After Reading, I think. Oh, I think. Okay. Okay. I actually never saw that movie. Brad Pitt's in that movie. Yeah. And so is um, John Malkovich. I believe. But anyway, I think that was, well, I think I confused two movies. But okay. I do remember Up in the Air, and I remember him and Anna Kendrick, but I, I definitely okay. crossed the lines on those two. Yeah, yeah, crossed some streams. And you know that movie, Burn After After Reading, inspired a Wiz Khalifa album, Burn After Rolling. Yeah, again, um, <laughs> Different subject material, but yes. Yes, correct. We've gone all over the place this episode. I kind of like it. Certainly have. But, I mean, again, getting back to the topic at hand, I just don't know if there's anything that this guy can really prove that says that all of this was predatory. Unless he's got documentation, text messages, you know, something along those lines that could indicate that they were misleading him in a way that now he can sue for damages. And it's not like the guy doesn't have the money because he's buying Pateks, multiple Pateks, to maintain a relationship as AD. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not like he doesn't have the coin, at least per my understanding. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a scenario we've all kind of known and many cases joked about. It's just, uh, it's strange to see it play out this way. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you wonder sort of how common of a practice it might be, or especially going forward now, if this person, let's say, you know, is granted whether it be, you know, they're deemed, you know, they're made whole, whether it be by cash or by having to, you know, produce something. You know, I don't know what kind of precedent that sets going forward. And if that maybe will deter that sort of behavior or not, I guess, based on the outcome. Well, I mean, that's that's going to be the tricky thing, because let's let's just play devil's advocate. Let's say it does happen where he does win in court. Now, anybody who doesn't get X, Y, Z specialty commemorative. Right. Piece anybody who's watched, been sort of promised a piece is now the radar's up. Yep. Right. And that could drastically change the industry. Right. That could be dangerous because God knows how many people have already been formally or informally tempted by the carrot. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and the other thing too is like most of, most of the paddock pieces are application pieces, you know, especially things that are desirable. So you have to have a spend history. You know, you have to have some type of application that you submit to the brand and then you have to be vetted to get those pieces. So maybe that's what he's saying is is his legal grounds for this kind of predatory relationship. And 
if so, if this happens and he wins, I mean, this could change Swiss law. This could right. do all kinds of stuff. Um, now, do I think he really has a a case? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I think the biggest challenge here is going to be proving without a shadow of a doubt, which has to be done in the U.S. in our court systems, there has to be, without a shadow of a doubt, proof that this was done with malicious intent as a way to defraud this person and remove them of their cash. And that is a big ask. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be a big challenge because again, with that, you're going to have to prove text messages and documentation and type of, you know, recordings and evidence and all these things that need to be there and convincing enough for a jury to side with you. If this goes to court now, maybe, maybe Paddock settles or maybe this retailer settles and Paddock gets them a watch and then boom, it's done and over with. But then again, does what, what precedent does that set? Does, do we just sue everybody now until we get the watches that we want? I mean, that's uh that's dangerous territory there. It right? certainly is. So it's, uh it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Slippery slope. Very much so. But yeah, no, it'll it'll be certainly interesting to see how this plays out over the next however long and to see, I guess, what the outcome is. I mean, sometimes it's sort of you get a judge's ruling based off sort of what knowledge they have. Yeah. And if they're not, you know, they're not as privy to the situation sort of as we are, as we know it already. Mm-hmm, right. It's mm-hmm. kind of new news to them, you know, they might have a severely different take on it. So Definitely yeah, exactly. Be, definitely be exactly. an interesting thing to keep an eye on, and I'm sure we'll we'll have up to date coverage as soon as it breaks. But man, we sound like a we're like a real journalism outfit over here. Penny, 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 penny. We're gonna have up to date coverage as soon as the news breaks. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. You got anything else? No man, uh, nothing unless you got anything to weigh in on that. No, uh, I, I honestly, I, I really don't know what to make of it, heads or tails. But uh, I, I just wanted to get your opinion on it and sort of bring some of that to the light for the listeners. I'm sure, I'm sure they've all seen the story already. But yeah, I mean, there's no way that people haven't seen the story. I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, it's, uh, it's, it's out there. People know about it. People have experienced it, talking about it. So I mean, it's certainly there. Um, I just. I just don't know what this is going to do for the future of of watch uh, buying or trading or selling, because, again, a lot of these things are done in a way that helps build people relationships to get specialty pieces. Um, But the, the caveat here is, did they personally guarantee him this watch by buying these specific pieces? Right. Right. And does he have any writing that indicates that that was to happen? Um, cause that will be a, will be a big challenge for sure. Yep. Certainly. But we'll see. We will see. All right, folks. Next week, the big eight, eight. We'll see all you then, right? Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. Schmitty, you be good folks at home. See you then. Take care.